Welcome everyone to another episode of Afrolet. Hey. hey! I'm your host Bobo and I'm with the beautiful Aqua. What's going on? Guys, we have such a lovely guest in the building. I'm so excited to call this woman my mentor. Yes. But also more than that, she is killing it in this industry. So I'll let you introduce yourself. Hello everyone. My name is Shannon Reynolds. Yes. I am the director of premium seat sales at Live Nation. Mm-hmm. I manage three of the best clubs and theaters in New York. Snap, snap. NYCB Theater at Westbury, Long Island, Irvin Plaza in the city on 14th Street, and then you have Gramercy Theater on 23rd. But I'm now accepting a position in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to Philly. So... Congratulations. Thank you. I know. Thank you. Taking thank you, over thank you, thank you. East Coast soon. That's how we do Slowly it. Slowly but surely running <laughs> right. the game. You know it's International Women's Day. Right. So why not? That's Happy sense. International Women's Day to you, Same. beautiful ladies. Oh my gosh. Same Same to you. Thank you. Thank you. Women's Month. Women's right. Year. Right? Yes, right? Yes, Year. Black Women's Year. I agree. All of it. We're doing it. And we you know, are. We started with we Black are. Panther. Yes. And now we're leading in just to all the different rhetoric. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. Which brings us to this juicy conversation that oh. we're about to have today. Right. We're talking about women in the music industry well in the entertainment industry absolutely and how to navigate that space Equa, do you want to open up with our first question of course so dealing with just all different types of men mm-hmm. i want to know if you've ever had to really stand and hold your ground and how you no- navigated that Okay, so that's a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, My background is entertainment, even though I'm in Live Nation, which is predominantly music. Yes. Um, It is live events, but I started in sports. Mm -hmm. And I think as a woman, as a black woman, um, I I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. Mm -hmm. Um, When I started with the Nets, uh, 2011, all I know was two years prior, I had always just tried and tried and tried and um, sent my resume and there was nothing. Mm -hmm. But a really good friend of mine gave, um, I met in church actually, Mm -hmm. and I said to her, she was at the NBA at the time, Mm -hmm. and I I said, listen, do you know anybody? I see there's an inside sales position at the New York Net, uh, excuse me, at the Nets basketball team. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, do you know anybody? Do you think you can help me out? She's like, sure, give me your resume. Two days later, they called me. So it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. And black sister. Love her dearly. And um, I get a call within two days, you know, and I remember my boss, male at the time, saying to me, you know, um, I just already offered someone the position, but if they decline, I'll call you in. 458, thanked him for the interview. He calls me. She declined. It's wow. yours. Wow. And it was like my dream is coming true now. Yeah. And when I get there, I don't think I understood what I was in for. Mm. It, it, it was grueling. It was difficult. It was challenging. It was making 80 to 100 calls a day. Oh, my God. And it was 
Me, another, the only other person, it was 16 of us. Okay. The only other person that was older than me at the time, at the time I was 34. Right. She was in her 40s probably, and she was hitting it out the park. Mm-hmm. She was uh, tapping her resources. Mm-hmm. I was, everybody else was white. Mm-hmm. They were young. Mm-hmm. They knew the sport better than me. And I was the last one on, on the totem pole. And I remember going to my boss like, I, I'm calling, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And he was like, keep, you're doing what you're supposed to do, keep going. Long story short, a, a really, what I, what I did was I sat down and I said, what do basketball men like? Clothes, jewelry. Women. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, right? Oh, Let's call it. Clubs. So right, I would call clubs. all the clubs in New York. Mm-hmm. I would call all the jewelry stores. I would call. And it just started taking right. off. And long story short, in eight months I excelled. Mm-hmm. And, but it was hard. It was a room of 16 men, um, a couple of women, wow. and no window. <laughs> and you had to, wow. it was a crab in a bu- barrel. Mm-hmm. You had to just scrape and crawl to the top. Wow. And yes, did I feel it was a little bit sexist? Yes, but I didn't know how to express it. Because oh, it was wow. like wanting something you want so bad. Yeah. And then you're like, let me sit down. Let me shut up. Right. Let me just focus on my numbers. Right. And slowly but surely, it started happening Um, I was being called to lead teams to teach them how to sell I was called to um, there were times where I was picked dead last and I was like Mm. wow me that's how you feel about me (laughs) when I'm number one and there were times where I was picked number one Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and after doing that for eight months and I called my friend again Mm -hmm. she said well we need you over here at the WNBA to grow that team. Wow. And I said, I'm leaving. And I went to Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And in Madison wow. Square Garden, it was light and day between that and, and the Nets. Day. And it was just, everything was there. Mm-hmm. We're going to help you be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is. International Women's Day, you still need the men to help mm-hmm. chime in and say, you know what? I don't care what your sex is. Can you do the job? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You will get paid as much as this man gets paid. Right. No matter the because skin. You can do the job. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, two years later, I did that. And I still, I still felt, mm-hmm. you know, you feel, you just look around and you're like, there's not a lot of us sitting mm-hmm. at the table. Of course. And um, I just was feeling like I should love this job. You know, it's in the heart of New York City. I'm born and raised in New York City. Right. And I don't. <laughs> you know, I don't mm-hmm. see women. And then I gravitated to the single black female. And I would right. go in her office and I didn't know her. For, she was in a completely different department. Right. And my friend helped me and said, you know, you need to talk to her. And I would, I said, can I talk to you for 30 minutes? And I would just sit there and pour out my heart. And she said, you, you need to go. Like, you're ready to go. And I didn't know where to go. Mm. And she mentioned Live Nation, that another young lady um, went there. And I was like, okay, didn't think of it. Mm -hmm. And then I found myself without the job at all. 
you know, they let me go and there was some back and forth between Mm -hmm. me doing something wrong and them feeling like, I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, what could you have done wrong? Exactly. (laughs) And all I ever do in all my jobs is to make sure that the client knows exactly what they're getting. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, I provide the customer service. Right. I do the sales. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to sleep at night. Of course. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, it's not like that, though. Mm. It's sometimes it's like get the sale, mm, deal wow. with the consequences later, and I was just you get tired of that. I'm older, wow. I'm not younger, mm. and so out of a job for months, had a really good friend say to me, um, you know, at, at the times it, w- it was these three jobs: it was the Jets, it was ESPN, mm-hmm. and it was Live Nation. Mm-hmm. And Live Nation was saying higher position. Live Nation was saying, we want you, you know, and I just stayed at it. And and here, here I am four years later. Wow. And now about to transition to an, another higher position, now under a woman. Before, and, and the time I spent with Live Nation, the first couple of years, it was under a man. And I never forget what he said to me because my job is going through a diversity. Mm-hmm. Um transition really where like today we celebrated uh international women's day right. it was under the women's employee group mm. last week it was black employees because it was mm. black history mm. month yeah. right we have asian we have pride mm-hmm. but a couple of years ago i never forget my boss said he said i didn't hire you I didn't hire you because you were a black or a woman. I hired you to do the job. You need more men like that. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Put me across all the men. White, black, Hispanic, whatever. Am I doing the same job? Do I have the same education? Mm -hmm. What is it? And... Like, this needs to be done with already. Of course. And it brings up such a good point of just how do you negotiate? Because I think a lot of women are so afraid to really even, like, you know, I should be grateful that I'm even sitting at this table, you know? So, like, how did you learn? Because I feel like you were able to grasp that so quickly (laughs) on how did you navigate like hey this is not just I'm I don't just deserve a seat I deserve a chance even talk and own this seat you know how did you build that confidence um so that's a very good question because I I agree with you right I think a lot of times we sit in these seats and we're like I want this so bad I want this so bad I'll take whatever you give me exactly and part of my professional career that's exactly what I did I would say the first job out of college, I didn't care because I wanted it. Mm -hmm. But they gave me more than what I thought I even deserved. You know, I thought at the time I deserved Mm $30,000 out of college. They gave me $32,500 plus traveling and expense account and Mm -hmm. laptop and cell phone. This is 1998, so it's like very early on. Right. The next job lowballed me uh-huh. woman wow. and I said no I think I deserve more she came back one more I took it mm-hmm. knowing that I probably should have taken more but I was happy mm-hmm. then the next job sorry this is all we can pay you but it was okay so I said okay and I'll tell you this story this is a true story there was a job after that second job um 
no, after the first job, I was laid off. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a job came to me. And she said at the time, oh, all we could do was pay you $47,000. And I was like, no, I want 50. Mm-hmm. I should be deserving more. And she was like, right. okay, sorry. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I just let this job go. Right. And then I wound up taking whatever Right. And it was like $10 an hour at the time, oh you know, goodness. like almost right. slash half. Yeah. And I I always, not always, but there are times where I think, where would I have been if I would just humbled myself mm-hmm. and taking that and just rocked it and then mm-hmm. gone to someplace else? Okay, so that was back in 2002. Right. Now we're in 2018. Mm-hmm. And then the next job and the next job, but... For the for for sports, it's like this is what it is. This is what it is. Live Nation, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. I took it and just to tell you, when I was offered the position, yeah. mm-hmm. I said no. If you want me to move from my hometown of New York, I know that I deserve more. Wow. I've never gotten a raise. I've never, and each year I would say, let's talk about my numbers. Let's talk about a raise. Let's talk about it. And, oh, okay, maybe you'll get 5,000 more. And then it didn't happen because I got a new boss and things Mm. of that nature. And it it is a humbling experience. And sometimes you have to step back and say, can I pay my rent? Can I eat? Can I still have a social life? Mm. Big picture. Or am I miserable? Or because I will say this, mm-hmm. probably the majority of my friends make more money than me. Mm. Nobody has more perks. Nobody has more opportunity. Nobody's mm. having more fun than me. They are almost capitalizing on me being at Laugh Nation because of all the friends and family tickets I give them. Wow. All the people, all the different people that, right. the networking events and things of that nature. Right. Yeah. All I need to do is put Live Nation on my shoulder, walk into a networking group, and sit there and wait. <laughs> People are going to come to me. It's yeah. true. Yes! I've seen it happen. <laughs> yeah. Even if I have to introduce myself, I always start off by saying I have the best job in this room. Because some people, I, I don't know what you do for right. these other companies, LLCs yeah. or whatever, or CEOs. Right. So I, I want young people to know it's a process, yeah. but the process is changing. Mm. And to look at the big picture. Mm-hmm. Can you sleep at night? Do you have food? Do you have benefits? If you don't, if there's a struggle, it's time to probably look someplace else. Right. Where's your passion lie? Mm. And my passion is entertainment. My passion is talking about to, to putting my friends and family and, and clients in the best seats in the house mm-hmm. and that whole experience, you know what I mean? Right. I still get a little feel out of it, and I've been to yeah. more concerts <laughs> than I can name. <laughs> well, how so, did you know? How did you know what your passion was? That's what a very you? good question. Yeah. How old were you? I was. I will say this. I believe I was 26, mm-hmm. and I read the book The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. So we're all reading it now. <laughs> yes, I hope so. And I'm reading the book, and the, each chapter gave you 
who you make a list. I never forget this chapter because I cried. Mm-hmm. Make a list of people you need to forgive. Like go all the way back. Who are you holding a grudge against and not even realizing? Oh, I don't even speak to this person because right. of this incident. And I cried and I cried and I cried, but I didn't because I wanted to be a full, well-rounded human being. I love that. You know, yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want anything blocking my success, mm-hmm. and so I did it. And at the end of the book, all I remember was the book was telling me, you are called to serve. Whatever capacity it is, you're called to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, my passion for entertainment and sports came through actually one of my ex-boyfriends that I used to live with at the time. Mm-hmm. He loved sports. He loved football. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand it. Couldn't hate it. Mm-hmm. You know, he played right. it. He watched it. Da, yeah. da, da. We Taking break up. up he leaves. Right. right. Now it's Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, d- I went to church and nothing's on but football. <laughs> and so what I would do is I was like, so your team is losing and your team is losing. Like, as I started dating right. different guys, I'm going to go with New York. Because <laughs> I'm from <laughs> New York, born and raised. And that's how I came into it. Right. And so I said, my passion is to serve. I'm outgoing. And originally, when I came from college, it was marketing. All I wanted to do was be in marketing. I wanted to travel. I wanted to meet new people. Because at 15 years old, we had a career fair. A young lady came in, mm-hmm. black, and she said, I want to do marketing because all I wanted to do was party and meet new people. And I was like, that's what I want to do. You could get paid I, to do that. Exactly. I went to college. I was the vice president of the marketing, American Marketing Association. Then I became the president. And then I was all about marketing. And I remember going in front of the presidents like, you're focusing on accounting and finance, but where's marketing? Where's the money? <laughs> and so things started changing. That's Long story amazing. short, I get a job, and it was my passion. Yeah. And then the second job I get is my passion. And mm. then that second job, I start looking at the salespeople. Mm. Salespeople are coming in after me. They're leaving before me. They making more money than me, and I said, "Wait, I can do that, <laughs> and I'm doing the marketing, right? So I can do marketing and sales, uh-huh. but I wanted to do it for a product that every day I got up and I had fun. Mm. I didn't want to watch paint dry. I didn't want right. to, you know what I mean? And so for me, it was sports. It was really New York sports, and yeah. as as yeah. terrible as we can be at times, <laughs> there's still nobody has more swag than us. Right, people in other states come see us play. They come see a New York team, right? Like the Yankees. Yeah, look at the hat. It's like the internationally Knicks. known. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. I think number one. Right. And then when the Nets came to Brooklyn, they oh, blew up. and they blew up. Yeah. And so it's like, I want that. Mm-hmm. You know, the garden, um, the world famous. Right. Nobody else can say that. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? And so yeah. I wanted to be a part of it, I think. Yeah. And my thing is, I think you need to take people with you. I you need to that. show people what you went through. I'm born and bred in the projects. You know, and I, I would say, how can people from Iowa, Montana, and all these other places come and work for the garden, and people in Harlem don't? Right. Or we're 
we're right. serving food or cleaning up. Right. No, yeah. I want to be a saleswoman. Exactly. You, know I mean? I, you have that tenacity, and so you go for it. Sorry. I know. <laughs> no, I love your responses. Oh. I just had a question about sure. sort of, okay, so right now, especially for young people and just millennials, yes. there's this trend of entrepreneurialism and yeah. it's you know it's such a trend it's being romanticized and glamorized right. and everyone wants to be an entrepreneur i love that you are someone who works for such a cool company and you take pride in that and you know like this is what i do right. and i'm the shit at what i do <laughs> and i know what i bring to the table exactly yeah. at any point were you enticed by the idea of working for yourself or have you always known that this is your strong point. You can contribute better in like this type of environment. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love that question. Um, so my mother, mm-hmm. last month, she passed away of cancer. It's been 10 years. Mm-hmm. And before she passed away and before, Right after I got my first job out of college in Mm -hmm. marketing, Mm -hmm. and then I was laid off, I said, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to school. Because at the time, I started working for my church, and I started just doing, you know, admin Mm -hmm. things. But then I I was so unfulfilled. So I said, I'm going to go get my MBA. Mm -hmm. And I started it online with the University of Phoenix, and it it was easy. It was convenient. Mm -hmm. It was um, inexpensive. And I said, I like this. You know, I got an A, then I got an you know, B and mm-hmm. A, but it was like, I like that. Mm-hmm. And so when she passed away 10 years ago, I said, I want to do something for caregivers like me and my brother. Mm-hmm. My brother at the time, he had just turned 16. He was only 16 for four days and then my mother passes away. Wow. And so I had to take care of him. I was laid off. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where to turn or anything like that. And I said, this was that year was very grueling. I eventually get a job a couple of months later, mm-hmm. and I said, um, I need to create something where caregivers get paid to take care of their loved ones, which is so funny because I think there's a company. I heard it on the radio. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I started, um, I have a re- very, very good friend, and I want to tell you, everyone who's listening, and you two ladies, Keep good people around you. Yes, snaps that, to that. Yeah. Snaps to that. Yeah, not people who are competing with you, but people who push you to be a better person and right. they invest in you and they help you and they don't want nothing in return. That yeah. that's I think that's key. That is the key. You know, yeah. and so no long story short, I had a very good friend. Uh, we're still good friends to this day, and he now lives with his family in Houston, Texas, and he also has a place in New York, so he comes back and forth, and we, we speak very often, mm-hmm. from relationships to work to whatever. Right. He's my mentor. Right. <laughs> and so I said, I want to do this. I want to do something for caregivers. So he was like, okay. He gave me $800, him and his wife. Mm-hmm. They planted the seed. He, like, put it in the LLC, and he built it, and... He put me on. I was like, I need a website. He was like, oh, call this person. Mm-hmm. I paid that person. And then he said, I said, I, I need graphics. I need business costs. He called this person. I did that. Mm-hmm. And just everything. And it really didn't amount to anything. But I, I was doing it anyway within my church mm-hmm. to really help and, mm-hmm. and and help people who were in need. Right. Um, and then he put me in touch with another guy. And I just, not too long ago, maybe 
um, last year, I said, you know what? He said, well, the guy said you could still do something. And I said, yeah, because I've been thinking about some sort of um, digital or social media or app. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy said, we, we can do it. And so it's it's there and it's back there. And my mom was the one that said, don't you want to go work for yourself? It's difficult. It's hard. Yeah. I, I like benefits. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's real. That's that yes. so real. And, um, but I also like having autonomy to have my own. Right. You know? So it's not off the table to mm-hmm. answer your question. I think everyone should try. Yeah. And mm-hmm. let's see, see what the future holds. Yeah. Or unfolds. Know. For for each of us, and I think that's so that's such a good um, example of showing how you can still have a successful career and still mm-hmm. try to be the entrepreneur because you know and you had great surroundings you know and that's such a great test to understand like all right is this my true homie you know are they or is this my true exactly. mentor is this my because once the boat starts shaking that's the only way that you know if you know this business could even be successful or if yeah. these people are going to support you mm. and things of that nature so again let like, me tell you people who are true to you don't compete with you Hmm. Oh my gosh! Can you elaborate? On that? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all shook. Right, yes. that was okay. Let's go. Uh, yes. <laughs> I have friends who want the best for me. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm not at my best, they're still calling. Mm-hmm. We're still going out. We're still eating. They may pick up the bill mm-hmm. until I get back on my feet. Mm-hmm. Then I have other friends that we're sitting across the table, right. and you're telling me about your life or what's going on with you when I'm down in the dumps. Or I don't even care for this person. But yet you still bring them up in my presence. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Instead of our relationship or what's going on with you or what's going on with me. And true friendship can never be competition. I mean... I should be co- competing with myself. Exactly. From 10 years ago to 20 years ago, so forth and so on. But that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost question if we're competing against each other, if we're really friends. Mm. That's just how I feel. Yeah. I really like that. David like and Jonathan in the Bible didn't compete with each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even really believe in competition. That's I think it's a social construct. I don't even think it's a real really? thing. Really? Yeah, well, I, I, I guess it comes because I come from a sports background. And oh, okay. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's definitely like. out there. <laughs> but even when I like all New York teams, mm-hmm. when New York is at number one, I don't want to watch the playoffs. <laughs> I don't really care. It's not as yeah. fun. Right, yeah. Even if you hate on us, it's like, yeah, but we pulled more people in this stadium than you would ever do without us. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so interesting how, like, we really navigate. Like, I think everyone, as you've said this, Bobo says this a lot, everyone lives kind of in their own world. Yes. And then you, like, if you entertain something, then, of course, it will exist in your world, too. Yes. So in the same way, like, you know, she doesn't really see competition, but, like, you're aware of it, but you're not really competing with anybody. No. Yeah. You're competing yeah. with yourself. You know, you better be you friendly know. or you're on the other side. <laughs> 
know you have to know your sauce. You yes! have to know. It. And speaking of sauce, yes. I really wanted us to discuss Monique. Okay. Oh yeah! my gosh, and <laughs> Charlemagne. So for those who may not know, Monique was recently protesting against Netflix because of her uh, comedy special that they had offered her. And um, to my knowledge, it was a deal that Netflix had negotiated and had sent to her and her husband, who's also her manager. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to, of course, increase, you know, as all of us should, Mm -hmm. increase what was being offered to her. Mm -hmm. Now, according to Monique, they weren't open to negotiation. Mm -hmm. And when she tried to use other examples of where people were getting, you know, Mm -hmm. exponentially, exponentially more, they completely shut her down and Mm -hmm. like rescinded on the um, negotiation. Now, she took it upon herself to go on social media and have the boycott 